0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21. Plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com/slash b for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: And welcome into what is the wildest week in the National Football League. Certainly the wildest week for Chiefs fans in a long, long time. Welcome to Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Free Agency Special. Myself, Jay Binkley, there's no Bink at night tonight. This is Arrowhead Pride Special. Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief, Arrowhead Pride in the house. What's going on, Jay? Kent Swanson, Mr. Mahomes, break it down film, which I don't know how he got that job at Arrowhead Pride, but it's certainly more fun than Craig Stout doing defense had last
2: year. (laughs) Welcome, Kent Swanson. It's a great gig, Bink, and honestly, we'll talk about this in a minute. I think Craig's on the come up here, too. I think he's pretty excited about what we've got going on here on the defensive side of the football. Some new energy here.
3: I think based upon the past few days, a lot of Chiefs fans hope that Craig's job is a lot better <laughs> this year. And you're starting to feel like that a little bit. Of course, like could it really get much worse than, than last year? Probably not.
1: Uh, again, you don't want to jinx that, I guess, because you can always get worse. We have a lot of fun. There's a lot of Chiefs news going on. I, I haven't seen this kind of traction uh, for Chiefs news. I reported earlier today that uh, from a source that it looked like people Look at have been you. asking me. Look at you, people have been asking me, What do you see? Here's the deal, Pete. You, you know my deal. I, I had a motto when I did a podcast. It was three guys, and the motto was we don't break news, we just break chairs. <laughs> we are live late and overweight. All right. I've broken one story in my life, Pete, but I had a little birdie tell me that looks like Darby's gonna say, He's here. Rapport thought he'd sign. There's serious interest on both sides. People keep hitting me up on Twitter on this. I'm sure you're getting the questions as well. Ronald Darby in here for a visit with the Kansas City <laughs> Chiefs. Off injured. Jason Verrett was one of those guys. Looks like he signed elsewhere as well. So Darby really elevated himself to kind of the top of the chart now as far as free agents and corners, but he's coming off that ACL.
3: Yeah, this just goes to show how unpredictable Chiefs free agency has been. It's like every, all day long. We're just waiting. Okay, now Darby's coming after the Matthew signing. Darby's coming. Darby's coming. And then all of a sudden, they say, nope. Alex Okafor. <laughs>
1: Sorry Sorry if you got all excited about that cornerback everybody wants. A former fourth-round pick from the Arizona Cardinals. Picked a, a separate round from Ty- the Honey Badger in Arizona with the Cardinals. Yep, And they're both real happy, but he's defensive end for New Orleans Saints. Four and a half sacks last year. But Alex Okafor, a new member of the Chiefs, Damian Wilson, linebacker signed yesterday. Of course, Carlos Hyde was kind of the first signing for the Kansas City Chiefs. And obviously the Honey Badger that had his press conference, Pete and I, uh, we're right there, and we had a chance to talk to the Honey Badger, and you'll hear that in the next segment, and he is good. He, he gives some insight on what Pat Mahomes and his conversation was like. You're definitely going to want to hear this. Plus, I ask him if he takes what he wants. <laughs> hear what he has to say. <laughs> it, was, can't, it was a magic moment. Well, let's start with this before we get into the uh, biggest storyline in the offseason. Y- your thoughts on Alex Okafor. Uh, I'm one of these guys who don't look at the sack numbers. Look at the pressures. Look how he sets the edge in a 4 3 defense. He's tough, he's a physical player but don't ble- be blown away with the sack numbers, Kim.
2: Yeah, you're not going to be blown blown away with the sack numbers, but what he is 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 I think you're starting to kind of see what Steve Spagnolo wants in his defensive ends, right? 6'4", 260 pounds. He's got some length to him. He has some density to him. He's got the capabilities to set a hard edge to your point, and I think that's kind of what they're trying to target is, is some guys that are going to fit what Steve Spagnolo does uh, and what he wants out of those kind of guys, and this is the first step towards that. One of the few guys that was really a Available that fit that mold uh a great move uh just to kind of get this ball rolling to try to add some bulk and some depth to that defensive line well, they I
1: added 39 million pete and of course honey badgers taking a chunk of that the houston money but the chiefs that was that was brett beach had a press conference today. that was his number one concern he said cap is the real issue cap and he loves to draft capital first round this year two second rounds next year first round two second rounds He called it ammo for what he could do. Yeah, I think the common
3: theme on the conference call from Brett Veach today was he didn't really want to make some of these moves. I think the Chiefs were backed into a corner and then Uh, once they evaluated everything with the money and the talent and so on and so forth, I think he finally felt, you know, there was no choice but to move on from D. Ford, move on from Justin Houston, move on from Eric Berry. I think in a world that this was the MLB without a salary cap, I think at least two of those guys might still be here. But they decided this is the best course of action. And I think, and you could tell this from the press conference today with Andy Reid, I think they're really embracing this idea of a change of scenery, and they've managed to make a change of scenery for all the guys that are returning. Chris Jones is one included because they have a new defensive coordinator, new coaching staff, a new scheme, and really what they were pushing today was Matthew as the leader of this new Chiefs defense. It's a change. And I think that's going to be welcome to Chiefs fans because, again, we, we joked about it at the top, but the defense was
1: horrible. Andy <laughs> so Reid, essentially, Pete, you heard him. He was essentially right. calling it, a restart, like a fresh group, and to do what they want. Like, this group's coming in, and and he kind of looked at Tyron Matthew and was like, all these new guys, new coaching staff and everything, this is, this is a new beginning for them. The offense is already set, but this defense, this is hitting the reset button. And
3: Andy himself, too, he's very purposeful. I've noticed this now covering him for a couple of years. He's very purposeful with his words, meaning – he thinks about what he says to the media before he says it, and I think he's learned that over the course of 20 years in the National Football League. they got to be really careful about what you say. I, I'm doing a column I'll release tomorrow morning based upon quotes from Matthew's uh, press conference, which you can find at ourheadpride.com, but I pointed out he associated Matthew with the word leader or leadership three times in the pressure. That was a purposeful moment. This is the new face of the defense. Not only is he here to become the Chiefs' new safety, I find that this team and Andy Reid, Brett Veach included, everybody is pushing this guy to be the leader of the Chiefs defense, which is crazy to say for a new guy, but there's been so much turnover, and you've got rid of all those old leaders that – it's a it's a
2: welcomed role and that's what he's going to play and they had to do something like this they had to find someone to help them establish this culture help steve spagnolo establish the culture that he wants on this on this defensive side of the football because you're right you know they they made massive changes eric berry had a large presence in that locker room, both on both sides of the of the ball, honestly, I think he was beloved by everyone in that building. When it comes to the players, so they had to go out and find a guy that isn't not not just a great player and with a lot of diverse skill sets that they can utilize in a lot of different ways. Like he's a fantastic piece for Steve Spagnuolo, but that's the this is the new tone setter, and, and it was mandatory that they got something like this because they couldn't go without it.
1: All right, gentlemen, let's do this first. This is a tough one. This is a tough question. Because there's so many probably different answers. If I ask 10 people, might be 10 different answers. So I'll ask you guys because you guys eat sleep, uh, and, eat and sleep and breathe Chiefs like I do. Biggest storyline for the Chiefs in the offseason, off that could be the Honey Badger, that could be Barry released, that could be d Ford traded, Justin Houston released. In your mind, Pete Sweeney, what is the biggest Chiefs storyline – maybe by hits that you've had on the website, maybe by interest you've received, your own personal thoughts, what is the Chiefs' biggest storyline? I find the biggest storyline from this offseason
3: was we all thought going into it that of the three main cuts or trades being Ford, Houston, and Barry, we all thought, okay, the Chiefs may remove one of these guys from the team. Maybe it's even two. You know, you're thinking, okay, they keep D Ford. I don't think there's a media member. I don't think there's a fan out there who thought, okay, when the Chiefs season starts in 2019, all three of these guys, and keeping in mind how much they've meant to the team, Eric Berry won over the past decade, would be gone from the Chiefs. And to me, that's the biggest thing. It's their identity is changing now. And, and if you're going to really do that, you got to get rid of what would be the old guard and the old leaders. They're pumping Matthew as the leader today. He's 26 years old, and to me, again, I think if there's anything I point to, it's that all three of these guys are gone.
2: Yeah, I think I look specifically to the D Ford situation actually, because kind of to your point, that was the full on. Slamming of the reset button for this defense because D Ford still has a ton of value right now. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he he had 13 sacks. This is a major jump off a cliff. Eric Berry, he hasn't been able to play very much the last couple of years. You kind of expected that. Justin Houston, he was on the way down, still a productive player, but to to move on from a guy with 13 sacks with major disruptive productivity, that is a absolute slamming of that re- reset button. And you
3: love the draft. A Love second it. rounder is nothing to scoff. Like it's no, hard. It's, it's hard to great. acquire, and, and I understand a lot of Chiefs fans are upset that it isn't this year. But a second rounder, that's hard to acquire. Well,
1: it's third rounders too, Pete. I mean, third rounder has been very kind to of the Chiefs: Cream Hunt, Travis Kelsey, Justin Houston. Right. There's just some significant players. They've even gotten a third. They might be better in the third round than they are the second round kid. You know what? send the second rounder back. Let's get we'll that. We'll talk round. about Tano passing you if you want to there.
2: <laughs> oh, they've had some they've had some misses in the second round lately. Maybe they should just try to defer that asset to a third rounder. Maybe, because third round's been better to them than it has the second. The last couple have been a little rough. Well, the free agency period is
1: official now, and officially yesterday at three o'clock, legal tampering start on eleventh. This is my this is my biggest storyline, guys. And it's a name I didn't mention. The Honey Badger is a huge thing that brought a lot of excitement to a lot of people. Eric Berry being released was not a surprise to me because I thought that was going to happen all along. I didn't think there was any way they were going to keep him here with the cap savings. There was no reason to because he's held on the roster. My biggest storyline for the Chiefs in 2019 is Andy Reid finally getting rid of Bob Sutton. Mm. And I don't know if Patrick Mahomes was influential in that. Clark Hunt, I... Think that's the biggest storyline because all these other factors with Houston, the Honey all this is because of Steve Spagnuolo in, in a defensive philosophy change to the four three. To me, even though these are all big moves, the changeover from Sutton to Spags to me is the biggest storyline of the Chiefs. And it seems like they're giving Spagnuolo
3: like quite a lot of control. Like it almost when when Sutton was here. Again, he was the leader of the defense, so to speak, but it was still Andy Reid, you could tell was just an overseeing. I feel like now, and maybe Jay, you could kind of weigh in on this a little bit, doesn't it feel like Spagnolo's almost a defensive head coach that you that feeling that you really never had with Bob Sutton? Like look at the story today. Brad Feach tells a story where he gave Spagnolo a bunch of his safety tape and Spagnolo came back and said man, I can't really find any weaknesses with this Honey Badger kid. And then Brett Veach was like, okay, we're going to go get him. Like, it's almost like, okay, Andy's the head coach of the offense, and now you finally have that true defensive leader in the coaching staff.
1: That was my question today to Brett Veach. I said, with the signing of the Honey Badger, how influential was Steve Spagnuolo and your defensive staff that you've assembled saying, hey, we need this guy? You know, how much advice did you take from those guys? Because Andy Reid, you know, it's kind of hands-off. I'm sure he okays everything, but – He's kind of like, all right, guys, you kind of do the defense, whatever you want. But how influential were they? And and, and Veach gave an interesting answer. They were influential. They did talk to Brett Veach, and he took their suggestions. Again, he's a guy that listens uh, to his staff, which is incredibly important, having that communication uh, with the defense. It's something that's been lacking. But he commands respect. Spags is not the type of guy the media would ever laugh at in a press conference like we've seen. I'm not kidding. Yeah. He is a guy, Bob Sutton, I feel, by reading that D Ford article and everything else, they didn't like him or they didn't respect him. And Spaggs is not that kind of guy. He's an in-your-face type of human being.
2: And you can, he commands a room for sure. And, you know, you can see some clips of him. You can see him actually doing some education with NFL Network this year. this year too. He did some fantastic work where he was kind of, you know, he's a fantastic teacher. And you can tell right away, the thing I like about the Spagnola move is what he's brought in around him as well. You look at Brandon Daly coming over from the Patriots, who's been able to do more with less when it comes to your pass rush. Uh, your, he created your a
1: pass rush with the 30th ranked pass I mean, rush of the NFL.
2: He solved the problems of... Pat. I mean, he slowed Patrick Mahomes down enough in the AFC Championship game. I'm sure he was an integral part of that rush plan. And then you add Matt House, who we on Arrowhead Pride were talking about a dark horse defensive coordinator candidate coming in, has that experience in the spread, in the college game, those insights, those balances to help them cobble together enough pressure and stay modern I think is going to be a huge asset to this team. It's going to be fun to watch what they're able to do with this group because they did move on from so many rare and unique talents that were part of Kansas City for such a long time. Well, the biggest
1: free agent move was the Honey Badger coming to Kansas City. Pete Sweeney and I had an opportunity to catch up with Mr. Badger And you're going to be surprised what he said that Pat Mahomes told him, which we'll get to that, what he says, because what he says I think is pretty integral into what he really thinks inside workings of Pat Mahomes. We talk about the Honey Badger with our interview next. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Free Agency special. Jay Bankley, Pete Sweeney, Editor-in-Chief of ArrowheadPride.com, and, of course, Kent Swanson. Arrowheadpride.com, as well, which might as well plug this because this is a special deal before we dive into the interview. The draft guide coming out that's different, it's unique, it's wonderful for a draft nerd like me. That you have taken a look at over what 300 prospects Mm -hmm. and how they fit in with the Chiefs, even though the Chiefs may not take them, like, not going to have eight picks, and I don't even think they make eight picks. It would, tell us about it, Can't Tell us how we can get it.
2: Yeah, so we're, we're writing a draft guide specifically about how players fit the Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to have over 300 prospects graded. You're going to have over 200 write-ups talking about each player's fit, specifically with the Chiefs, uh, features, and some really cool stuff that we're really excited to kind of talk about here in the future. Uh, you can order it. Pre-order. It's releasing April 8th. Go to gumgum.co slash kcdraft.com. Promo promo code six ten gets it to you for six dollars and ninety nine cents. Right, really excited for you all to see this. It, it's gonna it's gonna you be can't a lot. You go to Taco Bell for that.
1: The key, <laughs> nice.
3: the key, I think, is during the month of April, as you're watching NFL Network and they're talking about certain prospects, you'll be able to hit your control F and see what the boys have said about <laughs> him. And then on and then on draft night, as they're talking about players. You know, I think that'll be the part of the fun for the fans is now you'll have at least some insight. Well, how does this fit with my team? Because they're talking about all 32 teams on the NFL Network. You'll get chief specific analysis from this draft guide.
1: Yeah, we're going to have to do something, Ken. I'm going to have to get it because draft night, stay tuned for that. But I do believe Ken Swanson and I will have a part of that, as will Pete Sweeney and probably Craig Stout as well. So definitely have to be hitting that up. Pete Sweeney and I got a chance to catch up with Mr. Badger. The guy that shows up on the jet that everybody's talking about. The Chiefs have a hype video about him now. This is the Patrick Mahomes of the defense. Listen to what he has to say when we get to the part where we're talking about, I think Pete asked the question, what was that conversation like with Pat Mahomes? Very interesting stuff from the Honey Badger. Here's Pete and I's one-on-one. It took place just a couple hours ago. Okay, Kansas City, you saw how close they were to the Super Bowl. I mean, on the doorsteps of getting there, was that one of the big attractions for you choosing this team?
4: Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, I think, you know, at the point in my career right now, you, you know, you want to play for a competitive football team. You want to play for a football team that that really has a chance to, to win a championship. And, um, you know, uh, I, I thought Kansas City, you know, they, they offered me that, that opportunity this season. Who specifically have you spoken with on the Chiefs so far?
3: Now that you've been a part, I know you had mentioned that you were in communication with a few guys. Just who have you talked to, and what, what did they say?
4: Uh, I spoke. I spoke with uh, Pat. Uh, I spoke with Pat over the phone. He's probably been the, the guy I've been speaking to the most. Um, and you know, uh, his whole thing is, you know, I got offense. I just need a guy to come in and really lead the defense in the right way. And you know? so, uh, I mean, that's that. That'll be my job. That'll be my task. Uh, Amongst a, a bunch of other things, but I think ultimately, it's really coming in and giving this team, a defense, a sense of who we are.
5: Does it
3: matter to you more hearing Andy Reid call you a leader already, and here you are, day one, first first day in the door? Does that matter a lot to you, given his you know twenty plus year history in this league?
4: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it speaks volumes. Uh, you know, I think any time a coach, you know, with that kind of pedigree, you know, to to, to look at a guy like me, who I, I see myself as an imperfect, you know, football player. I'm not perfect by any stretch, um to, to to, to have people believe in you like that, and uh, uh, they don't really know you, it's, uh, it's, it's a good feeling.
1: Is there a sense of pressure at all? Because with Pat,
4: it was about winning that playoff game.
1: It's about winning that playoff game in Arrowhead Stadium. Do you feel that way a little bit with this defense? That people are looking at you kind of uh, as a savior? Is that, but is that a welcome challenge
4: for you? Well, I mean, it, it'll, you know, it'll be a, definitely be a challenge. Um, you know, um, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I've always prided myself on. You know, uh, you know, being a good guy, being a team guy, you know, uh, making plays when it's necessary. Um, and uh, so, I mean, coming in here, I just want to be the best player I can be, best best teammate I can be, and you know, I want to make the play when it matters the most.
1: Honey badger, toughest animal in the kingdom?
4: Without a doubt. You take what you want. Always wanted that. you that. You take what you want. Yeah, you, you yeah, you yeah want. I do. I do. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it. <audit. laughs>
3: J- you. Jay, you, can- I had to do you it couldn't man. help yourself. Man. I had
1: to do it, Pete. I, he takes what he wants. You know, I had to go. <laughs> I'm talking to the honey badger, man. I've always wanted to ask. I used to have a t-shirt that said he takes what he wants. A <laughs> couple things there, gentlemen. A couple things <laughs> there. One, the respect for Andy Reid. Right. Right there. That shows you that he commands the room. He's got that respect. Two, the question you asked about that conversation with Mahomes. Yeah. I need a guy. And he had talked about it in the press conference, but he didn't go to the extent that he went to you and I. That shows me Pat Mahomes runs this team. When he's telling, I need a guy mm-hmm. for that defense, that's showing you right there. This is his team. Not only is the offense his team, the defense is as well. I need a guy. That shows the ultimate trust from Mahomes. With Tyrann Matthew. And
3: now we've reached the point where Patrick Mahomes has gone through all his PR training. He's got a year under him. He's <laughs> never going to trash the defense. But you do have these little moments sometimes where... I think
1: he's frustrated in this kind right,
3: of... Right. You found out, okay, Pat Mahomes really, you know, realized. And you finally got confirmation. Like, he realized what everyone else on the outside realized. Like, the defense held his team back. Yeah. To hear that through uh, Matthew and, and for him to say... Yeah, I've already talked to Pat Mahomes and, and Kent, you had an article for today on RedPryde.com that Mahomes is the clear leader of this team mm-hmm. for Mahomes to say, I got the offense, man. I just need someone like me on the defense and to say that to him says, Okay, Mahomes, this kid has has confidence in Matthew to, to be able to do that. And you hear him, like there's a lot of people that could come into this situation and be a little bit scared, like, okay, this is a team that's on the, the doorstep of a Super Bowl. It's going to be on me to lead this defense, but you could tell like just from his demeanor today in that conversation, he's embracing the role and I can't tell you enough, like that's just what this team needs given they had to make the decision to get rid of Eric Berry for the situation that what what it was.
2: Yeah, and the best versions of the Chiefs' defenses have had a guy like that that's been able to play consistently. You think about Eric Berry's last full season where he was one of the best safeties in all of football. You know, he was able to command that respect and and actually translate onto the field, where you know the last couple of years you haven't had that opportunity with him because of of the injury. So you know now you've got a guy you're hoping can stay healthy, but you know he's able to do similar things to what Eric Berry did, and he's got the mentality. and And this is a clean slate, and and every a lot of people coming in aren't going to have any back history with what this tef- what this defense was like in the past. I like that they hit the reset, and I like that Tyron Matthews is the guy that is carrying this group into the future.
1: No, they really did. that. They hit that reset button. Coming up next, Brett Veach talked a lot about this, and this is very important about the rest of free agency and the NFL draft, about the cap being a real issue for this team and their move to being a more aggressive football team. What Brett Veach said next. Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Free Agency Special. Jay Binkley, Kent Swanson, and Editor-in-Chief of ArrowheadPride.com, Pete. Sweeney, Brett Veach, he says this: "This is a real issue. He's not sugarcoating the cap,
5: no. real issue
1: for the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, not so much.
5: Just being real. I mean, I mean, the cap's an issue, right? So you got to take that into consideration. So you look at, you know, can they help us, and you know, at the cost of, of what it would take uh, to do that, and then uh, again, knowing that contracts and extensions are looming behind here." Um, what can we do now to put ourselves in a good position not just for next year but again for the next three four five six years
1: beach was not put into a great situation um john dorsey's getting a lot of credit for being a so-called genius but let's face it guys i mean with those kind of draft picks and that kind of space under the salary cap you can be a little bit smarter we can go out and get <laughs> Get what you want with money and picks. Am I not right? I like
3: everything John Dorsey's doing, and I think the Browns will be in the playoffs this year. That, oh, I think the Browns are. Yeah, you and I have talked now, about this. Now that being said, I mean it is March. You don't win the Super Bowl necessarily <laughs> like in March, and so let's see how they interact and play. I said, you know, I said the same thing last year about the L.A. Rams; they went to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> but no, yes, no. So Veach, is, Veach was in uh, a little bit of a corner here, and like I said, uh, kind of at the front of the, the broadcast here. He had to make the moves I think he necessarily didn't want to make. It. Now, I'm not saying in, in, even in, if there was a lot of cap room, Eric Berry would still be on this team right. because I think there's a lot more to that. But I feel like Justin Houston and D Ford might still be here had there been enough cap room. Now he's created the cap room where he can play a little bit. And I think most importantly, and I think this is forgotten a lot whenever we talk about this stuff, is Mahomes' $200 million contract plus. It's looming. It's next year. (laughs) It's It's coming next year. (laughs) But he admitted it with Florio saying we're already being proactive. Agreed. But I'm just saying, like, there's a lot. So not only are you up against the cap, but you have that looming and you have to think, okay, how can we still be competitive when we have to pay this player,
2: deservedly so, this crazy amount of money. And I think the Eric Berry and Justin Houston contracts were largely failures. I mean, they they did not get the most out of those contracts clearly. I mean, Eric Berry they moved on very quickly from. Justin Houston obviously the injuries kind of kind of forced, you know, that Is that
1: Clark Hunt forcing Dorsey?
2: You know, it could have been. I mean, they they both stretched those up. Both those guys played on a franchise tag. And Clark had to come into town to get the Barry deal done. I mean, I both of those were failures from from every standpoint. I think you know there was some rumblings about how you know the injury guarantees might have offended Eric Barry and stuff like that. So that whole situation, I you got to think that both of those contracts were were negative marks when they moved on from John Dorsey, but. Brett Veach has done a fantastic job of negotiating this whole situation, navigating through all these issues. And now he's set his team up where he's got a lot of draft capital for the next two years. He's got some cap space to work with and kind of plan and extend Patrick Mahomes' window beyond just his rookie contract. And I think that's the goal right now.
3: The only thing is, is right now it's Super Bowl trip or bust. Like these were big moves that Veach made. Mm-hmm. If the Chiefs go into the AFC title game and they score plus 30 plus points again and they lose that game, I, I think people will come back to this week or two here and say, did we really make all the right moves on defense, especially if we look in San Francisco and D4 has 15 sacks again. Like, I think he's made some big moves, but we can't forget in, in the grand scheme of things, Chiefs fans, rightfully so,
1: are expecting this team to get to the Super Bowl next year, and I I, I don't blame them. No, I don't either. And something I started the show with the, the other night was everybody was complaining because the Chiefs weren't doing anything. Everybody else was like, "This." then the Honey Badger was signed that night, right? <laughs> so everybody of was course. mad that nothing was happening. They had to clear some space. Yeah. And obviously, a move like the Badger that causes you to make some moves. This is what Brett Veach said today during his teleconference about this team's shift now to being more aggressive.
5: I think the fact that we have a one and two twos this year and then a one and two twos next year um, puts us, in a position to be aggressive um, from now until the start of the season. But I think, you know, certainly I think you start with the cap. And, again, they're they're tough decisions, but I think it's something that looking toward not just next season, but for the next two, three, four, five years, um, if you're not proactive in your approach, uh, then you're always chasing the tail and you're always in, 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 in a position where you don't have draft capital or you don't have cap space.
1: He seems to me, Pete, to be a very aggressive guy. And if he had the picks... And he had to cap space. I think people in this would go crazy because they would love <laughs> the moves that he make. He didn't have it, and he's starting to make the space. I mean, again, he was in a bad situation with some of the contracts they had and the limited draft picks they had. But now he's got a little bit of ammo. And he's in this new GM mold, like a less need. LA Times had a great piece on the younger new GMs, which Veach is one of these guys, an right. aggressive type of guy. But again, He's being aggressive for what he can do, but we haven't seen the draft yet. Yeah, I
3: don't want to steal Kent's point here, so I'll just say it quick and then I'll let you kind of describe what you mean. But Kent's been pushing this idea. That Brett Veach is not going to pick a twenty nine and is going to be trading up. If you don't believe that, you're not paying
2: attention, right? And, and that that's been Brett Veach's kind of M O. You saw he made one original pick last year. All of his other picks were acquired via trades. Whether they're, they they were all trade ups too. So one of his picks that he came into the draft weekend with, he actually used. So he just he kept moving up and and maneuvering through the board to try to get the players he likes. This is the first year that they've had a first round pick with Brett Veach. As the leader of this of this organization on the on the personnel side. I will eat this microphone if Brett Veach picks at 29. I think he's moving up. I think be careful
1: because gonna... one guy in Cleveland said he was going to eat poop if Baker Mayfield was drafted and he had to eat poop. Our our own Royals insider Cody Tapp has eaten a hat before, don't forget.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'll say this. I mean, I'm looking at the moves. Again, we're on the the free agency special. Justin Houston released, Eric Berry released, D Ford traded. You bring in Matthew Wilson and Oka for now. And don't forget, and we can't lose sight of this either, either, this plan, right? The Chiefs just can't be 31 again. Like, if right. you can get them to 10 to 15, 15 even to, like, 17, 18, I, I think you win most of your football games because, like, if you challenged Spagnuolo, and I don't think is going to, you know, eat this and say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to accept this challenge because he's going to want zeros every week. But all, he, all the defense has to do is keep the other team uh, from scoring 21. And you should win the game, I think, with Pat Mahomes in this offense.
2: I mean, the Chiefs led the NFL in sacks last year with 52, and it didn't matter. They, they were 31st in defense, and they couldn't get off the field when it mattered most at home in the playoffs on three straight third and longs in overtime. They just got to. They're going to spread this cap space around. They're going to fill holes at all levels of the defense. The pass rush is not going to be the same as it was, but they're still going to cobble together and manufacture pressure because Steve Spagnolo, That's how he does it. He's he's going to have to. You know, Honey Badger's coming off the edge. I mean, he's he's blitzing from the nickel. You're gonna you're gonna have a lot more creativity. You're gonna have a lot more disguising. They just got to be a little bit better, and they're going to be fine. And the one thing is, I
1: mean, Patriots hit the ball forty-four minutes. The Chiefs <sighs> had the ball less. The entire Mm -hmm. game than what the Patriots did in the first half. But yet, they still went to overtime with them. It just shows you how close this team was. Now, fellas, about the departures of Barry, Houston, or Ford. Just so everyone knows they're not dead. They're just not Kansas City. (laughs) (laughs) The
2: departures. (laughs) Departures. One of them them got (laughs) paid too. One of them got paid to not be here. Here's
1: here's my thinking. I am not sad at all about any of them. And I know there's been people, you know, they have this emotional reaction. You, you you can't be emotional in football. You can't. There's no crying in football. You can't be. <laughs> you, no, seriously. You can't be emotional. You You're can't make the outside. club in the tub. You got to be able to play. So Barry, I totally understand. D Ford. I've never been a fan of D Ford, and I scratched my head the night that they took him, and I had to talk myself into the pick, and I talked myself into Dorsey's. Always had a plan with with, with Albert here that Fisher was going to take his job. Sean Smith, and Marcus Peters. I mean, there's always been a plan of secession. Tom Lee got two more contracts because D Ford wasn't ready. And it always bugged me because at practice, he had two guys that are more than willing to share information. We're talking about Ford and Tomba that are very open. They're mm-hmm. not guarded. Like, I'm not teaching you any of my secrets. Like, Tomba's like, I'm not teaching you, young buck, because you're coming to take my job. Very different. Tomba was like a teacher to him, and he still didn't get it. He put it together under Mike Smith, who happens to be in Green Bay now, And I thought the departure of Mike Smith meant the departure of D. Ford. He was the guy that had the operation manual for D. Ford. Yeah, I I
3: think, you know, to say you're not sad about all these guys, I think they've mattered so much over the years that there is a little sadness that comes with their departure. Everyone knows how I feel, I think, about Eric Berry uh, regarding the player. I I think the Chiefs had to move on, and I think they made the right decision. Justin Houston was clearly, I think, on the the decline of his career. I don't think he was ever going to be that 2014 player. And if you're talking to me about the money, they freed up 14 million in cap space. Guess who's making 14 million a year based upon what we've seen so far the honey badger. So you take that, right? I think the one question that that I do have is is D Ford, because this to me, it was the picture perfect scenario for the franchise tag. I ain't saying you sign this guy long term because odds are he is not going to play a full season. But based upon right. what he did last year and to say he's not a fit as a 4-3 under when he did it in college, and he felt like he finally had turned the corner again. You're right about it being with Mike Smith, who's now in Green Bay. You know, that being said, I just think it's a little risky, a guy who's still 26, 27, sending him away when you don't necessarily, I think, still don't know what he can be. Again... Hindsight will be twenty twenty. We'll figure about out what this is, but that to me, the D Ford move is the only one I, I kind of
2: question. And I think that one was the most surprising that they were actually doing that. And I, I part of me wonders, you know, he's had a history of back issues. Back issues typically don't go away. You wonder if the Chiefs were just trying to get out ahead of that. I mean, just they got a great season out of D Ford. They got a thirteen sack, possibly career year out of D Ford. So they they I think they're just selling high. I think they're just saying, you know, they they know their they know his medicals better than anyone else, right? I mean, they're the they're going to be the team to know lingering back issues that they don't go away. Could
1: he set the edge? I think that's the biggest difference. That, Is was he too. tough a concern? We've seen him run
2: We've seen, from Frank Gore. The toughness issue has
1: always been an issue with me with him. And, and for the life of me, I can't figure out why they just had Gary Gibbs is an inside and light line, outside that was linebacker the true when high school. That was the mistake. It, it's huge. It, it, it's being careless. Andy Reid once took an offensive line coach and put him as defensive <laughs> coordinator in Philadelphia. It didn't make sense. I thought he was very careful or very careless the way that he ran this defense. No love lost between me and D Ford leaving because I see guys do this from time to time in contract years, and I do think some of those other pieces, like a Chris Jones emergence, helped a guy like D Ford not drawing those double teams all the time no no doubt I mean there are a lot of aspects I
3: think to it I, I just it just scares me I, I think for me I you know I was around D. Ford and I thought he was a gamer I thought he was a very you know prideful player I think he wanted to be great again I think a lot of injuries kept him back but this is not new for the Chiefs like I remember Dontari Poe came up and he had a history of back issues and the Chiefs didn't really want to do it and and so they went on and moved on and I don't think you mess with the back. Like it, it, the back seems like the type of issue where you just—it's too unknown, where you don't really know how it's going to necessarily work out. So that could be factored into it too. Again, like I said, I, I get all the moves. The D Ford is 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 the only one that remains a question mark to me. Wouldn't
1: surprised at any of them. <laughs> they, they they were, they were moves. <laughs> None of them are, are 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 complete shocks where you're, you're not jaw like, no, dropping. The, 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 some D Ford shocks the people. That one shocks people. a little bit, but even still. It still shocked me because of the money you're you going right. to be paying. And not only that, but I go back to Steve Spagnolo in that press conference where he was unsure what to do with D Ford. Mm-hmm. You know, four threes, the linebackers, they did not know where to put him. And I think that's the influence of Steve Spagnolo. If he found a true fit for him, He'd still be on this team,
2: yeah. And like, I mean, D. Ford, he's not a perfect fit. I don't think that was the sole reason. I think that was a really good, easy excuse to put out uh, out in front. But you know, he there is some questions, some concerns about if he's able to set a hard edge. He's not the typical prototype that Steve Spagnola wants. And to be honest, obviously, he'll be able to affect the. He would have been able to affect the quarterback in Kansas City for as long as he was playing, but. You know, Steve Spagnuolo, you are stripping this thing down to the studs. Give him what he wants, how he wants it, and use that $15 million in cap space. I mean, all the first year, because any, like, okay, Alex Okafor and Tyron Matthew, they're going to sign three-year deals, or they are signing three-year deals. The first year of those hit, of those salaries are typically not high. So you've been able to bring Alex Okafor and Tyron Matthew, most likely, and probably another piece with the money you saved from D Ford. Yeah, and... And to the Chiefs'
3: credit, and final point on this, to the Chiefs' credit, I think this this defense was so poor last year. It, it was like an old-ass, creaky building that they said, <laughs> instead of trying to, like, fix these little things, put this mold in, and then when it rains again and it, it floods, they
1: said, we're going to knock this mother down. And that's what they did. Yep, Andy Reid, new beginning for the defense. This is what he said today. We come back. We'll take a look at are the Chiefs' done. Are the Chiefs done in free agency or will Darby be signed or signed elsewhere? We don't know. And the NFL draft is coming up, which I think is a crucial part to the Chiefs in the future, a big part of even this free agency going forward. We discuss that next.
3: My uh, well, thing mention in time that this, this is the beginning. So he's coming in fresh with the rest of the guys, and they're going to build this thing together um, along with the coaching staff. So uh, and normally if you have good players and, and good coaches uh, normally you have success, and so we feel like uh, we're we're right there and heading in that direction.
1: There you go, Andy Reed today talking about the honey badger. A fresh start. He talks about the reset button as well, Pete. But the NFL draft is coming up for the Kansas City Chiefs once again. This team wants to be youthful and aggressive. Draft number two for Brett Veach, where he can be young and aggressive. Right.
3: And the Chiefs have the number 29 pick, and they have two second rounders. So that's, you know, three in the top 64. If you've been following along and you really like read into what Brett Veach has been saying, I don't think they're going to necessarily get the impact player they want. Unless they're trading up in this draft,
2: yeah. And we and like the farther I get down into the draft season, we're looking and evaluating, and we're kind of just seeing, you know, kind of the consensus buzz out there. You you really think that if the Chiefs are going to want, if they're going to get a guy that they, you know, at, specifically if they want to get an edge or if they want to get a corner, it's not going to be at twenty nine. Not yeah, a guy that they want. What about
1: the guy Jalen Ferguson? Does that think he'd be there? I, I, I we You're talked not about, sold on. We, we
2: talked about Jalen Ferguson last week with being, but you know. I don't know if I trust him yet at 29. I don't know if there's an athletic upside to him. I don't know if there's enough flexibility off the edge. I think he's got extremely powerful hands. He's long. He kind of fits that mold. I'm just curious... Uh, and I want to see how he tests, you know, because he, well, he... Charles uh, Davis didn't like him at the Senior Bowl, and you were there. I, I didn't really like him at the Senior Bowl either. There's there's a lot of questions for me about him, even though he literally leaves Louisiana Tech leading all of NCAA in career sacks. He has the record right now. Daddy.
3: I think the money question for Chiefs fans, and Kent's in this, they're preparing the, the draft guide again. That's going to be released on April 8th, uh, Casey draft guide. The Chiefs pick 29, right? In the first round, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, if there 30, 32 teams picking, there's 32 first round picks right there. How many first round picks do you guys kind of gauge are there this year
2: in the teens? And and honestly, like with most drafts, you're going to have anywhere between 15 and 20 consensus lockdown first round grades. And you're going to have good players that are drafted in the second, you know, in the first round that kind of have like an early second round grade. That's kind of about where we're at. We're in the teens right now. And, you know, a guy like Cullen Farrell uh, from, uh, from Clemson, a long edge. He fits that athletic profile, the, the physical profile that the Chiefs kind of look like they like, and he's not going to test at the Combine. He's not going to test at his pro day. That might be a guy that there's some question marks about that athletic profile that the Chiefs can take advantage of and select because he's, he's a good football player and a pretty good athlete, even if there's some question marks without actually seeing the results. So someone like that, if he falls... That, that's a perfect situation for them.
3: I think, too, this move to get Matthew and, and make this splash, it makes the draft a little bit easier, right? Because Absolutely. you were thinking about that position, and now maybe instead of considering a safety, right. you can focus on an edge, which is clearly now a need. They've put themselves into that position. And then, of course, the cornerback position, which everyone wants to see. So you have you know those first-rounder and then the two second-rounders. So I think, as a Chiefs fan, you hope they come away with a really good edge rusher and also a really good
2: cornerback, right? They've got. That's who they've got to nail. They have to nail those two positions. They have to have contributors for 2019 at edge and at cornerback. Oh, so you're,
1: you're saying not Breland Speaks?
2: They've almost uh. showed their
1: poker hand a little bit too with opposing GMs. Knowing the situation the Chiefs are in, right? They may have to give up more than they wanted to. You right. got rid of Houston and Ford. You got Brett Veach on the phone. Well, Brett, what are you going to do? What are you going to get? Can we, can we, you know, you guys are in a jam. Yeah, everyone knows do, their do do intentions. You did in free agency. Right. It, what are you going to do? Because you're in a jam. I've talked about this division Mahomes proofing their teams. Like golf courses used to Tiger Woods proof their teams. And I think the draft is going to show us some of that. Should the Chiefs maybe look at the Raiders and other things in the division, the need for corners when you have an Antonio Brown and a Tyrell Williams, you know, in Oakland, would that be, where are you going? Are you going edge? Because to me, I, I just can't get away from edge with that first
2: pick. But I'm going corner, second pick, no question. No question I think you go cornerback in the second round. If you ask me today, I think there's there's a really good group of five, six rushers in that's going to go in that top 30-ish range. Uh, and you need to probably grab one of those. There's a middle class of cornerbacks that's probably going to go anywhere between 35 and 65.
1: Do you think DeAndre Baker and Biden Murphy have moved up?
2: I think they've both they both have more question marks but they about the profile. Right? They can't be looking at Murphy. No, they, they and Baker. They, they need to stay away from that and they, go pass rusher. They probably need to go pass rusher. I, and you know, and then if honestly, Baker or, or Byron Murphy, those guys might wind up falling into the late thirties because they didn't test at a great level. Rock, yes, and pass him? Ooh. That's that's, that's a guy. good question. That's a good question. I like him a lot. Rakia Sin is kind of – I bet you Rakia Sin is in the conversation in that range now, in that 35 Physical to 45 tough range. Physical that they'd
1: like. The cool yep. thing is if they if they keep it, which I don't think they will, when you're picking 61 and 63, if you have this cognitive dissonance of right. which one you should pick, you have two picks away where if you grab a guy – there might be two guys you want right. there, and then you just kind of hope that, that it's not taken right. right one pick ahead of you, but it gives you an opportunity to get two quality players –
3: Real quick. I think, too, when we're talking about need, and again, it's probably going to be one of my last points, is the Chiefs were rumored to have Ronald Darby in the building. Chief Beach confirmed it today that he was in the building, and they were interested in Jason Verrett, and he ultimately got signed. I think they're going to add another cornerback in some fashion. Probably by the time you're listening to this, we're going to put it on our podcast channel. By the end of the weekend, so on and so forth. So... Hopefully by the time they get to the draft, I mean, I, I can't see how they're going to add a supreme edge rusher, but maybe right. that'll be the only main need where they trade up for that. And then you could still kind of say, well, what are they going to do from here?
2: Yeah, if, if the Chiefs are able to, to, to grab Ronald Darby, if everything goes right and the Chiefs wind up grabbing Ronald Darby today or tomorrow... It really it it really gives them some some flexibility, some comfort, some ability to kind of know exactly where they need to target, where they need to attack. Because you know if if they don't grab another corner, and, and really Ron Darby is probably the best value out there. I mean, there's a lot of slot corner types that are still Defense available. Of rookie
1: of the year and uh, by a Pro Football Focus in the 16 when Marcus won it uh, through the, for the league, but he's Pro Football Focus's rookie of the year. I think Marcus was third. He's a great football player.
2: And if he's healthy, I mean, he could be an immense value. But, you know, you got to lock up a guy like that so you have a little bit more flexibility so you can be a little bit more aggressive to go grab, you know, your edge guy because you have a clear defining. Go grab him, and then you don't have to be as nervous or panic. You're aggressive with your second-round pick or two to try to move up and get a corner you love, too. Like... Darby's kind of a, a key cog in how this offseason will go, I think, because I he's he's a great player, and he really does help you solve that cornerback problem significantly. Well,
1: The one thing we haven't seen, like we did last year, Sammy Watkins brought in. Again, you need depth for toys for Patrick Mahomes unless you expect him to elevate the level of play of others. We've all seen just defensive signings yeah, in free agency. Does this open things up more maybe in the draft? take a look at skill positions cuz i know second round and third round loaded in wide receivers
2: i think it kind of, ends. i think it kind of just depends on you know what they're able to, what they have to do to go up and get their guys on defense because there is you're right being there's some great pass catcher options in that round 2 range both tight ends and wide receivers they could get really good value if they're not, you know, if they don't have to, you know, sell the farm to move up to get a guy that they love at, at the edge position, for instance. So it, it, there's so much up in the air. This, this is a lot of fun. This is the most fun time of year because it's just speculation season, playing with scenarios in your head. It's Christmas and, every day. Guys. And the, oh yeah.
3: And the Chiefs have never been right here. They are right, right. there. Like mm-hmm. they're you, you know. Usually you feel pretty good about the next season since the Andy Reid era
1: began, but this year you really feel like you can grab the Super Bowl. It's right there. This has been the Arrowhead Pride free Agency Special. Make sure you check out arrowheadpride.com for the latest. Pete Sweeney, Kent Swanson, myself, Jay Binkley, Jillian Carroll, Chris Inocero, up next.